Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Normally we talk to her on Wednesdays, but again, with no show tomorrow, we will talk to her tonight. Tori McElhaney is joining us. She, of course, covers the Atlanta Falcons for atlantafalcons.com. You can follow her on her personal Twitter page at Tori underscore McElhaney, Tori, as always, appreciate a few minutes a day early, but, uh, you know, that was a tough one on Sunday. I knew it was going to be physical, but, you know, I thought the Falcons played well, but just, you know, kind of did not come out the way we had hoped. Yeah, I, I, I go back to that final drive and to feel like that final drive was one that the Falcons, I thought, really got things going for what felt like the first time offensively in the second half to have it end on a tipped ball in the end zone. I mean, that. Guys kept saying it was unfortunate, it was unfortunate. That was the word that kept coming up after the game. And, I mean, that's kind of – that's all you can say about that, honestly. You know, this is my problem with the call um, because I I would have much, much preferred to run the football down there. I just feel like, you know, obviously this offense and especially the right side of their offensive line, the best thing that they do is run block and move forward. And it feels like anything else that you do – I know the play was open, but anytime it's not run it toward the right-hand side of your offensive line, there's nothing better that this offense does than that. And it feels like anytime you call something else, you're getting away from what you do best. And down there, you needed what you do best, not roll the dice on you know some other type of play when they got that close. Yeah, I mean, I I think a lot of people can go back and forth and say a lot of different things about the call and I'm not going to be one of those people I don't that's not something that I do they call what they call because they think that it's going to work and I I think there's not a coach out there that would tell you otherwise and um, but it is one of those things where it is a little bit frustrating because you know how good the Falcons are at doing exactly what you're saying and then to have a look that you think you know you can get something else in it I mean it is I don't know. There's just not a lot that I feel like I can say to make anybody feel better about what happened. And then that's just kind of how I feel about it. You you like, I think Arthur Smith said after the game, you like the look, but you hate the outcome. And and that's kind of all you can really say about it, especially if you're not going to, I'm not going to sit here and say like, Oh, they should have called this or they should have called that. I'm not the play caller. I don't, I don't do that. And so um, that's just kind of how I feel about it. Tori McElhaney from AtlantaFalcons.com joining us here on the WaitFor.com hotline. Let's talk about one guy in particular, and that's Chris Lindstrom. And I am probably the president of the Chris Lindstrom fan club, have been since, 
He's been drafted. Um, you know, you start diving into his metrics, Tori, and I don't know how much you get excited about metrics and analytics and things like that, but he's now <laughs> he's now the second highest graded offensive lineman in the entirety of the NFL. He's certainly the highest graded interior offensive lineman, um, but he's the second highest graded overall. He's having not a good season, an outstanding season, and it yeah. feels like for all the things we talk about. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Available cap space and things like that next year. One of the things that I would think would have to be number one priority is go ahead and get Lindstrom locked up to his long-term deal and don't mess around and don't monkey around with it. Just get it done and make sure he is signed for the long term. I couldn't agree more. I, I mean, you have to reward that guy with what he deserves. And the last, and I would say even, you know, we, we see what he's doing this season and how spectacular it's been of a season for him and how consistent he has been. But even going back to last year, I was so pleased with what you saw from Chris Lindstrom last year. I mean, even with the issues that the Falcons offensive line had last year, I believe he was Chris Lindstrom was the only guard in the NFL that didn't allow a single sack. Like, and this was last year when Falcons were having the issues they were offensively and, and at that offensive line position. Now this year you have an offensive line that I think has, is playing night and day from what they were this time last year. And a big part of that is not just Chris Lindstrom continuing to do what he, he's doing, but I think Chris Lindstrom is thriving as much as he is because Caleb McGarry, I think, has taken such a significant step in what he's been able to do at that tackle spot. And, and then you have Jake Matthews, who's as consistent as anyone on the left side. And then, I mean, even with all of the issues that you've had at left guard and essentially having to rotate that position so significantly over the last five weeks, the fact that the core of your offensive line has played to the clip that they've been able to and kind of taken it upon themselves to anchor this run game in a way that I don't know that we've seen in Atlanta in a very, very long time. I mean, that speaks volumes to these people, to these five men, whoever it is, every time that's going out there. But Chris Lindstrom in that, he is, I believe, the core of that. And you love watching him play because you see it on every single snap how good he is, how how important he is to this Falcons offense and where they want to grow it. Tori, when we talk about the playoff picture, are we about at the point where this is division or bust for the Falcons? Because I keep looking at the playoff scenarios and you start to get into as the schedule gets down, even though the Falcons aren't many games out, when you start having to talk about jumping multiple teams, versus just one team in the division. It feels like we're kind of at a point where the real only pathway for the playoffs is really through winning the division. Yeah, it is. And I mean, especially when you look at, you know, when you look at the league as a whole, that that kind of, it makes it even more poignant that you win your division. That is the easiest way to get into the playoffs is to win your division. And I 
it's so crazy looking at this NFC South right now and the different ways that it could shake out over the last six, seven weeks or six, seven weeks of this season. I, I mean, it's wild to me because after the game on Sunday, you, you're thinking, okay, well, the Falcons are probably, they're probably out of this thing. And then Tampa Bay loses and nothing, and there isn't really any big shift. And you're just like, well, they're still in it, and it's, it is really, really crazy. And I, I do think that there's a potential that this comes down all the way to the very last week of the regular season when Tampa Bay comes to Atlanta. That game could be absolutely massive in terms of what it does to the final rankings in the NFC South. I mean, it's going to be these next few weeks after the Falcons' bye week, especially if they can get a win against the Steelers, is going to be very, very interesting. Tori McElhaney from AtlantaFalcons.com joins me here on the WaitFord.com hotline. It's our weekly conversation with her, normally on Wednesday, but with no show tomorrow night. We're grabbing her a day early as we get ready for Falcons and Steelers coming up this Sunday at Mercedes-Benz Stadium. So you and I have dove into this a lot, but I'm really, my personal opinion, I'm really starting to feel like, you know, this team can accumulate sacks against quarterbacks who are good about giving up sacks the Justin Fields, the Joe Burrows of the world, but they're just not getting home consistently enough. And I know we're not a big blitz team. I mean, the metrics tell you we're one of the lower blitzing teams in all of the NFL. But And I know Coach Pease will speak on this on Thursday, but I, I'm, I get concerned because we just don't get after the court. Unless it's a quarterback who is taking sacks just in general, we don't seem to put enough pressure on the quarterback still at this point. Yeah, I think my thing, though, is is I'm not overly concerned about it because I don't think it's not that they're not. I think sack numbers versus pressures are completely are completely different conversation. I think that they are applying pressure, especially when you were talking about having before Taquan Graham was placed on IR. I thought he did a really good job of shrinking the pocket for quarterbacks and and kind of causing some errant throws because quarterbacks aren't setting their feet and, and or they're kind of forcing something that's not necessarily there. And I'll say that I think that those don't show up on the stat sheet. And I think that is where it kind of gets misconstrued that even if there's, you know, the sack numbers aren't there, everybody's looking at the sack numbers and it's like that. But that doesn't, to me, tell the entire story of what a defensive front is able to do. Now, all of that to say, yes, you would like the sack numbers to increase. But I think it's interesting because I, even in saying that, I think that you have seen progress with this defensive line. I've, I've been very, very pleased with the progress of Arnold Ebiketti and what he has been able to do over the course of the last two games especially. I know he went out and didn't come back in last Sunday, and you kind of hope to see that he – maybe is limited in practice this week and can get back out there before uh, the Steelers game, but if not having the bye week and, and resting. But even if he's not sacking the quarterback, what he is doing coming off the edge is impacting the game. And I think I don't want people to get like super, super bogged down and, oh, the, the sack numbers aren't there when there is, the, there is pressure applied that doesn't show up technically on the stat sheet. And, and so I, I think that can kind of get a little convoluted and overlooked. But it's still really, really important because you do think about how young this defensive front is and what they ha- are having to do piecing together with guys who were 
free agents and and their young signees and guys who were bubble players that are playing alongside Grady Jarrett plus two rookie outside linebackers. I mean, these are these are some young young guys, some inexperienced up front that kind of I think makes it makes me not overly concerned about those sack numbers. Tori, your colleague Scott Bear had tweeted out the idea that Elijah Wilkinson could potentially be back at practice this week. And obviously left guard's been, you know, with, with Wilkinson out, it's been, you know, obviously a, you know, just kind of a, a merry-go-round of guys that are starting out there. But, you know, we, we kind of talked about Jalen Mayfield, and we're getting to the point where I believe next week is where it's do-or-die time. Either they're going to have to put him on IR yeah. for the rest of the year or they're going to have to activate him to the roster is that going to be influenced by if Elijah Wilkinson can come back? I mean, where do you think we kind of stand with where we're at with our left guard situation? Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Yeah, I definitely think that it will stem really and truly by where Elijah Wilkinson is. If if Elijah Wilkinson is as close to 100% as he can get, then I I think that kind of changes what you feel like you can do with Jalen Mayfield. Now, if Elijah Wilkinson practices this week and re-injures something or, uh, you know, isn't full full go, ready to go, then maybe you do kind of move forward with Jalen Mayfield. I mean, there hasn't been a lot said on the progress that Jalen Mayfield is making in that injury recovery and how he's feeling and all of that. Something that he talked about in the locker room not too long ago was that he needed to get his conditioning up. And so, it, when you're talking about conditioning as a lineman, that type of conditioning is very, very different than just going out and running around. Like it's very different. And I think getting him to game level conditioning was something that was really going to be a process. Now I, but even in saying that, I think that if I'm making the decisions, I would much rather see a 75, 80% Elijah Wilkinson in there. And what that means for Jalen Mayfield, I think it's kind of up in the air because then you have to use the roster spot on him because he's coming off of IR. And so there are a lot of moving parts and it wouldn't surprise me if Elijah Wilkinson getting back to 100% kind of shifts the the overall timeline for Jalen Mayfield. Last question, Tori, just uh, about 45 seconds left. Um, Ebba Katie, we talked about, you know, obviously limited in practice last week, got in the game, did play a little bit, but that forearm injury pulled him out of the game and he did not come back. Expectations that he is on track, and I know we'll know tomorrow with practice more, but certainly we just talked about, you know, their lack of pass rush. Can't afford to not have him on the football field. Right, yeah, it'll be really important to to get him. We talk about Elijah Wilkinson getting back to 100%, getting – Arnold Ebiketti back to 100% will also be, gosh, equally if not more important. And I I think that they're really going to look at it this week. You know, he's limited last week and, and couldn't really go full go on Sunday. 
with the Steelers in town and a bye week after that, it wouldn't be surprising to me if they kind of are a little bit more conservative with him this week and maybe even into Sunday. Uh, But I think we'll know more about what he can handle as the week of practice goes on. But it wouldn't surprise me if they're like, you know what, we're this close to the bye week. Let's get him fully, fully healthy for the, the final few games of this season. At Tori underscore McElhaney on Twitter. You can find all of her work at AtlantaFalcons.com. And Tori joined me here on the WaitFor.com hotline. Tori, as always, appreciate it. Thanks for jumping on a day early. We will talk again next week. Absolutely. Looking forward to it. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.